Dogs are growling, I have one on my lap, and that's just how it's going to be. And no, I'm not going to talk endlessly about the dogs. I've been doing that, I have like four episodes with the word dog in the title. Maybe I'll put the word dog in the title, but I'll put two G's so you know I'm being um, metaphorical. Whatever. Anyway, hi! You're listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am Nick, the titular host. That's right, my last name is Flanagan. My mother's last name is Liebman, potentially contracted from Lieberman when the migration from Germany to Poland occurred. But who knows? It's lost in history. Speaking of history, I've been watching a lot of... uh, these timeline documentaries on YouTube about World War II, specifically about Germany and uh, the the sort of pre-World War II and, and stuff during World War II, but, but the rise and all the stuff they did because uh, the thing right now is everyone is talking about, you know, Nazi comparisons. The uh, woman on Fox News, the Judge Janine Pirro, uh, made a, a comment comparing... Uh, the censoring of right-wing people to uh, Holocaust victims in Nazi Germany. And, of course, this woman, Gina Carano, was uh, fired from, like, The Mandalorian because she did pretty much the same thing. And it's widespread. And, uh, you know, I'm watching all of this stuff, and it the, the depth of Germany's... Nazi Germany's sort of propaganda and moves to ultimately disempower Jewish people as well as uh, become military ready without people knowing around the world uh, was they were just so Machiavellian. And yes, you know, suppressing newspapers and that type of thing, I'm sure was a big part of, of their their moves, suppressing communists, because they blamed, uh, I think it was the Reichstag fire on a communist, and they blamed the assassination of a German ambassador in France on Jewish people. Both of these led to purges, uh, I believe. I think I've got it right. And, uh, well, uh, I think the Reichstag thing was... was, uh, I don't know if it was a purge that it led to, but it, it led to them getting absolute power, and uh, obviously it led to the demonization of, of communists. And uh, the thing is, what the main thing they did to Jewish people to make it untenable before the night, uh, or maybe it was I, I, it was probably after uh, Kristallnacht or, or the day of or something, but. They took away their right, their their means of making a living. And not in a way where you get fired from a job, but you can get hired at another job. They made it so everything went through the Nazi party for uh, artists and performers and stuff. But also, I think unions too. Like they basically made it so Jewish people could not work in an occupation, which is very different than this lady being fired and then getting a job and getting to make her own movie right afterwards, which is what happened. Uh, And 
I just think, you know, I think it's bad on some level that we are in a world where, you know, the solution is to take away people's jobs if they do something that we think is incendiary. But I also think that this is like an extension of the capitalist market. Like companies like Disney look at their stats probably and they go, well, most their stats, I don't know. And most of their fan base is crying out to fire this person. So they did. And this is just how it's going to be with, with public jobs a lot of the time. How do I feel about it? I don't know. I don't know. I watched an episode of The Mandalorian, got to Baby Yoda, was like, okay. You know, I, I don't see a means of policing the entire cast and crew, let's say, of film and television. And I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's just going to be public people who start using their platform to um, basically be political, but because they're actors and stuff, they're dumb. And there are cases of this happening on, uh, as they call it, the left side as well. Mostly, well, the people who will be like, I hope someone kills Donald Trump Jr. or something. But, you know, I just think there are ingredients missing from the concept of this being like Nazi Germany that make that argument very hollow and yeah, kind of an insult to people who went through the Holocaust. And if you're worried about conservatives getting all Nazi-like, well, that's fair. <laughs> because you talk about taking away people's right to make a living. I mean, this is something that before culture got all dirty in the early 2000s was happening pretty regularly with like evangelicals and, and stuff and, and the religious right pressuring people not to buy things or for people to be fired or things not to get made. So what is that? Consul culture. Where does it come from? The right. And that's just what's on my mind right now. The impeachment verdict just came out. Uh, Trump was predictably acquitted and it uh, it's kind of in a way an example of the impotence of hollywood style stuff because they were so into like footage and clips and edited stuff together to make to bring out this message about how important it was that this doesn't happen again but they had no actual witnesses and uh, on the stand. And they didn't. They rushed it. They rushed into it. Like, they knew it was not going to get by. So they're trying to, like, lower public opinion about for the Republicans and stuff, which is, I guess, fine and will probably work. It's just the theater of it is frustrating, you know. And as my friend said, like what happened politically in the Biden administration during this period? Did some sketchy shit get passed through that like 
is center right in its decision making? Quite possibly. Let's look it up together. If you find out, write me. me. (laughs) Like I said, I've been watching a lot of Holocaust documentaries. Write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And that is my political element of this. Yes, getting at people fired for the shit they do, I don't think is a long-term solution. It's very individual-based. Uh, and I don't think trying to sort of stop every individual who s- does something you don't like one by one in the public sphere is, is, is very effective. Not to say there should be a law, like, that you can't say good stuff. I just think, you know, there needs to be some sort of a middle ground here with that. Or an acknowledgement. I don't know. Anyway, I haven't put it all together, so I'll move on. Here is what got me excited today. Um, What got me excited today was I was trapped at the computer. As of now, as I, similar to right now, there was a small Italian greyhound on my lap disbarring me from from the bench, from getting up, not allowing me to leave in front of the computer. And uh, so I was like on Twitter a lot, tweeting thoughts and this stuff. If you like my way of being, you can go to either the Nick Flan Weekly account or the, the Flans account. That's where I do more jokes and the other one is where I get uh, babble more. But anyway... And uh, Marissa underscore needs Tums, who uh, Marissa Shepard, a uh, very funny Twitter user, uh, wrote this whole thing that was like, it just paralleled my experience so much. And it was about uh, having done a year of therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, um, work as they say, and and like working on themselves, whatever, that they came to, she came to the conclusion that our perception of like what is mental illness and the labels for things is skewed and our labeling of things is like toxic or not uh, is a huge problem, which is completely something I agree with. It, It kind of goes... Everyone wants a redemption narrative, but that's not how this works. It's like a protection narrative. For my and your protection, I am trying not to be impulsive, compulsive, and act out of fear, you know, or stress. You know, coping, negative coping mechanisms, I think, are a major reason why things are in this boat. So it was so cool seeing somebody really have that realization and and voice you know what i've been voicing for a long time and and i just think it i know i say this all the time but if you can get a hold of the dialectical behavioral workbook read it through don't worry about doing the exercises at first just read it through see if stuff resonates and and start applying that to how other people behave and not in a labeling manner but in a way where you can say i know why this is happening I can't control it. How can I control my exposure to this? How can I control my reaction to this? And and uh, that, I think, is just, 
it just really was like a really cool conversation and it I've, I've had a cup a few cups of coffee so it got me all jacked and i took my adhd foquest medicine a, a little bit later in the day so that probably hit it exactly that moment um but yeah uh if you go on my twitter you'll see i'm in a big conversation with her um and and you should read her tweets that she did that and honestly just between you and i i might ask her to be on the podcast because i really want to be having this conversation and i haven't been able to get a lot of people who have um i don't know these this ex same experience as me so i feel like when i talk to people on the podcast about this you know they're taking it in but not necessarily applying to them which is fine it's just like complete understanding is all i crave in this world as long as the understanding is that i'm cool right what do you think of that do you like it i kept waiting to see if i could record the podcast by the way well uh charlie was on my lap for the first time before i took him off and then put him back on um but i was I only have two USB ports and, and the hub makes this weird sound when I attach the microphone to it. So I, I couldn't attach the microphone to record the podcast while I was waiting to rip a CD. And what CD was that? It's like the Beatles. 1967-1970. 14 songs. It was taking forever to burn or import or whatever you call it. And why am I, I, it's like the third Beatles, fourth Beatles CD I've put on my computer. And like, sure, the Beatles are amazing. But like my iPod's going to have a ton of Beatles now. That doesn't sound necessary. And then when I finally put it on my iPod, nine of the tracks didn't even, couldn't even import to the iPod. Just a little story about the pitfalls of burning CDs importing CDs to your computer and then ripping them to your iPod. Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. And why is this such a priority in my life? I don't know. Because I'm alone. <laughs> and I don't know what the end, end game is going to be. That I'll like put the aux cord in, listen to my iPod. I guess that is what I want to do. Put my headphones put put my headphones in the iPod while I'm walking down the street in a mask. Two masks, perhaps. Anyway, that's just something that happened with the Beatles CD. It's a little story for you about that. Anyway, I've been seeing it for a long time. Just during COVID. I know some of you are happy or at least like subsisting, but if you are having a hard time, if you're like, why can't I stop eating sugar and ice cream, which I'm going through. Every time I have an urge, uh, and they're not like that insane, but I'm, I'm submitting to it because I have a hard time with that and I still have a hard time with that. But if you're doing that, you know, I would avoid, you know, like self-help books by gurus and stuff like just go straight to like therapy workbooks and read about nutrition and stuff. Sure. Read about like 
meditation stuff, mindfulness stuff, that's all great, but it's supplemental. You need as many parachutes as possible that will pop out of your parachute backpack. That's what I'm saying. And the main back and and the backpack are those therapy books. And talking to other people who are going through this stuff. Listening to people like me, you know, and relating to that is awesome. But I also think that, you know, having conversations, you know, or listening to people share, you know, in real time on Zooms or anything. I know it, I wish we could do in-person support group meetings, but that's not really happening right now. But I just think that that is such a solution. Human interaction is such a, a, a solution to things right now, even though, of course, it triggers frustration sometimes, you know, but like, I don't know. It's, it's so rough. You know, I was, I was texting my friend. I said, are you feeling, you know, every single emotion in the day? And she said, well, you know, I feel like happy and less happy, bored and less bored. And I said, well, you know, I'm just feeling those, but also like a lot of other different things. And the thing is, they're also all muted. Like I had that same feeling of overwhelm, despair, um, the same feelings that I'm feeling, that is, uh, lack of success, and then the exact opposite, blissfulness, feeling really good about what I'm doing, but it was really heightened on both sides. Like it was just so strong and it would create really strong reactions in me. You know, and I don't think they were particularly healthy for me. And because if your confidence is not consistent, you can wind up really biting off more than you can chew and then feeling like you've made a fool of yourselves because you didn't send the best script in you could or do the best performance you could or I don't know, barbecue, make barbecue pork tacos at the restaurant as well as you could, whatever. Be, as, be the barista you need to be. And, and it's, it's really frustrating to do it that way. So now, uh, whether it's the medication, whether it's the sort of program I've put myself into, so, you know, not, not like the program, but like the, the various modalities, the, the holistic approach of various solutions, it, those feelings are muted. You know, like I'm not feeling them to the utmost there and I'm not reacting in the same way. Am I still reacting negatively? Sure. Am I still not where I want to be in terms of like self-control? Sure. But I'm just so thankful that it's less than before. I remember when I was 19 years old being so frustrated and this is pathetic, uh, like and I don't mean that too self-critically, but it's just like, it's hard for me not to be. That I think it was my birthday or something. Like I was 19 or 20, maybe a bit older, but I was so frustrated with how hard it was for me to do stuff that maybe it all wasn't gonna work out that I like punched the drywall above like the computer in the room I was in at my parents' house and I like dragged my knuckle on it and it was like bleeding, you know? 
And that's very close to like cutting or something. Because what happens is you do that and the sensation focuses. Um, and and it all the other sensations kind of lessen. And the problem is that's not a great long-term solution. It's why boxers are all messed up. I don't know. So that's a big revelation I just gave you, and I hope I didn't make you uncomfortable. And I'll probably put a twi twigger warning in the, in the show notes, even though it's a small thing. I know that this kind of thing can, can set people off, but uh, the dogs are barking, and that's my big revelation, and I'm doing a lot better now. And I want you to know that because I, I keep in mind, I'm talking about something that's like from 18, 17 years ago, but that did repeat through my life. Um, luckily it's easier now, even though we're living in a very difficult time. Stay safe, stay cool. Go on the ko-fi.com slash nickflang, ko-fi.com slash nickflang, and you want to throw some monies or pay, join the Patreon, whatever, you know, or save your money and, and plan for the future. Whatever you want to do, have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great dusk. Have a great dawn. Write a new national anthem for the country that we're going to start when we buy a little section of Malta. And I will not under, like, I will pay top dollar to buy this section. It will be what it's worth, more than what it's worth. I do not want to shortchange the good people of Mauritius. It wasn't Malta. Mauritius, uh, we want to buy part of it to make a little country. The people who live there already can live there in mansions. But they have to let us all live there, too. Also in mansions. Thanks, everyone. See you later. <laughs>